Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I'll run this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Show and a good uh, Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Sadly, the gang not all here tonight. Well, they're mostly here, but I'm not here with you. I'm actually uh, right now probably waiting in line at the Tabernacle to see uh, Dave Chappelle and John Stewart in concert. But I did not want to leave you without some uh, fresh material for the Mark Aram show tonight. So with the help of Longoria Loti, Deb Green, the producer, um, we're going to do uh, a mailbag segment of the Mark Aram show, actually a whole mailbag show. I asked on social media and on the air last night, if you had any questions about the show, about me, about Longo, about Loti, about Deb, uh, about Johnny Kilbasa, little Sanjay, whatever, uh, to uh, send the questions to me via email, Twitter, or Facebook and uh, I'll answer them on the air, and, and the guys and gals will answer them on the air. So that's what we're going to do tonight. So we've got a lot of questions to get to. Um, hopefully I can get to all of them tonight, time permitting. Let's start with uh, the easiest one, which came from listener Sarah, uh, who asks me particularly, how did I get my start at WSB? It's an interesting story, Sarah. So I graduated college uh, in 1996 from Marist College, and I moved down to Atlanta. I had family down here at the time, but I really wanted to be a uh, sports writer for CNN. Um, I had a lot of sports writing background. I had a degree in journalism from Marist. My first job ever was writing for a newspaper in Connecticut, and I I wrote for newspapers throughout high school and college. So I, I wanted to continue to write, but I didn't want to work for newspapers anymore because, honestly— newspaper uh, salaries were, you couldn't even live off of them. And this is back in 96 and they have not gotten any better. So I, I found out you could make some more money writing for television. So I got offered some writing jobs up in the Northeast from some stations there, from some TV stations. Um, but I really want to come and work at CNN. I figured, wow, that, that'd be a great gig. Didn't work out, but I was down here without a gig. Um, I was working part-time at my uncle's cigar store. And I met a guy named Bob Giordano, who was a producer for Channel 2, uh, since retired, a great guy. And I told him I want to get into radio, even though I'd never done radio before. And I knew that WSB-TV and WSB-Radio were in the same building, same owners. And and he hooked me up, and he got me an interview uh, at WSB-Radio. This was uh, probably spring of, of 96. No, spring of 97. So I got called in for a job interview for uh, sports marketing, for WSB radio. That was when uh, the radio station had the Braves, the Hawks, and the Bulldogs. And the sport mar- sports marketing position was kind of a nebulous kind of position, they, uh, like bill collecting I had to do. And I don't know, it was a weird job, and I, I didn't feel right for it. And I told the guy that offered me the job, I said, you know what, 
I appreciate the offer, but I really want to do sports on air. You know, what an idiot I was. I was a kid, 23 years old, never been on the radio, and I'm asking to get an on-air job at the number one station in the Southeast. So I declined that job like a moron. A couple months later, or a couple weeks later, actually, I get a call saying, hey, we got a, a position, come in and interview for it. So it was a different guy interviewing with, with me, uh, interviewing me, and it was a job in promotions. So basically, part-time job, you go out to events, you know, if there's a remote at Publix, you go out there and you hand out T-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, so they offered me a promotions job. It would have been like 20 hours a week, and I turned it down. I said, you know what, I appreciate the offer, but I really want to be on the air. Stupid Aram. Foot in the door, and I turn it down. A couple weeks later, I get a call from the assistant program director. No, no, before that, I get a call from the assistant sales person. They come in and offer me a sales assistant job, basically assisting sales. It's a full-time job, benefits. I didn't have benefits, anything like that. Full-time job, and uh, they want me to start immediately. I turn it down. I say, no, I want to be on the air doing sports. Again, so dumb. The innocence of youth. Uh, the naivete that I had, thinking I could just walk in here. Finally, a couple weeks later, this would be mm, end of July of, 2000, of 1997, I get a call from the assistant program director. Kim Curley was her name. She says, listen, I know you want to do sports. I don't have any opening in sports, but we've got a, a part-time traffic reporting position. Would you be interested in that? And I said, well, maybe. It's on air. She said, yeah, it's on air. I said, well, I really want to do sports. She says, I'll tell you what. Come in and do traffic for a couple of weeks, and then we'll transition you into sports. I was like, sounds good. So she gives me the okay, and then it's Chris Camp, the news director at the time, and the current news director, the best news director in, in all of the land, in my opinion. He interviews me for this part-time traffic reporting position. He hires me. That was uh, August 17th, 1997, so I'm coming up on my 21st anniversary at WSB Radio, and 21 years later, I am still doing traffic. The funny part is, though, um, I have done a lot of sports. They did eventually transition me into sports. I did a sports talk show for years. I did the pre- and post-game show for the Braves and the Hawks. I've done some Georgia Bulldog stuff. I've covered some big events, some prize fights, Super Bowls, stuff like that. So I have done some sports here at WSB Radio, but obviously uh, most known for traffic and now uh, the talk show. So uh, thank you for that question, Sarah. Um, Taylor asks, how did the concept of the show come to be, or did it just sort of evolve into what it is? Interesting question. So my first talk show experience uh, was back in 2001. Uh, uh, we, we just hired a new uh, program director named Pete Spriggs. So he replaced a guy named Greg Musheri, who, who kind of built WSB Radio up. He invented Atlanta's Morning News and all this stuff. You know, uh, he's now a consultant for the station. And I had asked Greg many times. I'm like, listen, let me do something in sports. Because that, up to that point, I had done none sports, no sports. I was like, let me go get sound at the Braves game. Let me, you don't even have to pay me. Let me do something in sports because that was my passion. So he moves on to become a consultant. We hire Pete Spriggs. No one ever heard of this guy. He's our new program director. He's coming in from uh, Orlando. And we're like, oh, or whatever, you know. And I go into him and I say, hey, uh, Mr. Spriggs, my name is Mark Aram. I do traffic in the mornings and the afternoons. But I really wanted to, you know, get into sports. If there's anything I can do sports related, please let me know. I won't even charge you for it. I just, I'll do it for free. That's how bad I wanted to do it. And Pete says, you want to host a sports talk show this Sunday? And I said, uh, yes. So he gave me a sports talk show on Sunday. I apparently did well, and that became my permanent slot. I started doing Sunday sports talk on WSB radio. So that was my first 
sports. That was my first talk show experience was doing a sports talk show on Sunday. And I was okay. I mean, I know sports pretty well. I didn't know how to be a talk show host, but I listened to talk shows throughout my life. I grew up listening to sports talk on WFAN in New York. I obviously listened to the talk hosts at WSB, Clark Howard and Neil Bort. So I knew formatically what needed to be done. And I, and I wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination, but I wasn't bad. But I also knew that on a Sunday, a lot of times there, there wasn't enough sports meat on the bone to talk about it. So I would talk about other fun stuff. So it sort of became a sports slash fun show. And I had uh, eventually had a co-host named uh, Ted Clark, the kickstand. So we ran for a few years on Sundays and then we got moved to Saturdays and we did that, you know, as a three hour show on Saturdays and we talk sports, we'd have fun. And then I guess in 05, WSB lost the Braves to uh, another radio station um, that, that I don't even know if it was in business anymore. So we lost the Braves and eventually we would we would let go of the Hawks as well. So there wasn't really a need for a sports talk show on WSB. So my boss, Pete Spriggs, said, hey, do you want to keep doing the show but not do sports, not talk about sports? And half of my show had been not about sports anyway. So I said, absolutely. Uh, so I jumped on it and then I started doing that show on, on Saturdays for three hours, not talking about sports. Uh, and that's how that this show, this version of the show expanded and people want to know, well, why, why am I different than the other talk show hosts? So if, if you listen to, um, Eric Von Hessler and Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hattie and Eric Erickson, they're talking all politics all the time, which is fine. That's their, that's their gig. That's their jam, man. Um, I never really talked politics because of my role on Channel 2 So, and my role on Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade. I didn't want to offend anyone with my political views, which happened to be libertarian, um, socially liberal, conservative, uh, fiscal kind of guy. But if I make someone mad talking about politics, they might not want to hear me do traffic in the mornings or see me do traffic on Channel 2. So I try to steer away from politics. When when I need to get into politics, I try to stay in the middle of the road and, and let both people get their say. But I, I generally don't enjoy talking about politics. I wanted this show to be about having fun because that's what I listened to talk radio growing up um, was to be entertained. That's what I think no matter what kind of show you're doing, it needs to be entertaining. And I don't think I could do an entertaining political show, to be honest with you. I wouldn't enjoy doing a political show. So – that's how this show evolved into entertainment, um, and that's my number one goal. I, I just want to make you laugh for a couple hours every night, and that's that's the single goal of the Mark Aram show. It has been since two thousand one. Even when I was talking sports, I want you know I want you to have a good time listening to the show, and I think it's uh, it's found its audience for sure uh, since two thousand and one. I've had a lot of loyal listeners and a lot of people that tune me in, knowing that you know you're not going to get angry listening to my show. Most times, sometimes you get angry, but most times I want you to be laughing. So that's how it happened. Uh, just to reverse, though. So Pete Spriggs also gave me the chance to do uh, the pre and post game show for the Hawks and the Braves, where I broadcast live from Turner Field and Phillips Arena. That was awesome. That that was one of my, I, I love doing that. I was in tears, literal tears when we lost the Braves because um, I enjoyed doing that so much. And it cost me a lot of money, too, when the Braves left. Uh, it it took a sizable chunk out of my paycheck because I was getting extra money for that. Speaking of money, someone wants to know what I first started making uh, when I first started here. So when I got hired for that part-time traffic gig, it was four hours a day, 
five days a week, $8 an hour. So pre-tax, I was making $32 a day. And I still kept my part-time job at the cigar store. And uh, I worked part-time at the Marietta Daily Journal. Actually, it was full-time at the Marietta Daily Journal as a sports writer. I kept writing there until 2002 or late 2001. I became full-time with Channel 2. And I was able to stop working the part-time hour. So uh, there you go. That's uh, how the concept of the show came to be. A little uh, background info on how my career started here at WSB. All right, when we come back, more questions. i got a ton of questions to get to. I've been a little long-winded, but uh, hang tight. It's the mailbag edition of the Mark Aram Show where we answer listener questions. Uh, It's too late to get the questions in now, but if you want to tweet some at me, maybe I can answer them later on on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Hang tight. This is the Mark Aram Show. All right, welcome back to the Mark Aram Show on a Tuesday Eve. I am currently at the Dave Chappelle John Stewart concert at the Tabernacle, but uh, I'm giving you fresh stuff here. This is the uh, mailbag edition of the Mark Aram Show where I answer listeners' questions about the show. All right, let's go back to the questions. Uh, Let's see. Oh, here's a popular one I'm always asked. This is from Don. Don, what is the show's theme song from? Um, So the the show's open that you hear at 7 p.m. and 8 p.m., I Stand Alone, is a song by an artist named Theopolis London. And I just love the song. And I wish I could remember where I heard that song first, but I I can't remember when I heard it or where I heard it. But I said to myself, if I ever get a daily talk show, I want that to be my theme song because I love the song. And I I think it's, it's emblematic of what my show is about. I do stand alone. My show is not like anyone's shows. It's not, uh, you know, Herman Cain's show. It's not Von Hessler's show. It's not Rush or... Or Erickson. So that's why I really I, I just love the song A to begin with. And B, I uh, I think it, it says a lot about what you're going to get on the show. Now, that being said, Longoria, pull this song up for me. On my weekend show, I had a show intro uh, called uh, Hot Barbecue with uh, brother Frank, Frank McDuff. Longoria, play a little bit of that going into the break here. This used to be, oh yeah, Hot Barbecue today. This used to be my intro song on the weekends. And then when I got The Daily Show a couple years ago, uh, my nightly talk show, I made the switch to uh, I Stand Alone by Theopolis London. All right, good question, Don. We'll come back. uh, More listener questions. The Q&A segment of the Mark Aram Show continues after news, weather, and traffic uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Back after this. Perez, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. It's so good to be born in America Where all men are free It's so good to be born in America All the home of the red, the white, and the blue 
Welcome back to the show. 736, 24 in front of 8 o'clock. Mark Aram at your beck and call till 9 in the p.m. here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. You have stumbled upon the uh, mailbag edition of the Mark Aram Show where I answer listener emails. If you have any additional questions, you can email me, mark.aram at wsbtv.com or tweet them at me at Mark Aram or post them on my Facebook page, Mark Aram WSB. Some good questions uh, last segment. All right, let's get back to the questions. Uh, here's a uh, very, very common question I ask. I get asked um, do I sleep or when do I sleep? That's from Wesley. And Dee Dee wants to know if I live at the WSB studios. Uh, two common questions I get asked a lot. So we'll start with the first one. When do I sleep? So I've got this whack-a-mole schedule where I'm on the morning news with Scott Slade on Atlanta's morning news and Channel 2 Action News this morning. And then I come back and do my show 7 to 9. So basically, typically, I will um, do the morning news. So I'm here at 4 a.m., get off 9.30, 10 a.m., go home, walk my dogs, and try to go to sleep right away. It's tough because I, I have to drink coffee in the morning. I try to sleep between noon and 5 p.m. every day. So I get five hours of sleep there, wake up at 5, uh, look at, open my email. Deb Green sends me an email, the producer of the show, possible topics for today. Uh, walk my dogs, grab something to eat on the way in. I usually get to the station around 6, 6.15, do a little bit of show prep there. Um, and then I hit the air seven to nine, get off at 9 PM, go home, walk the dogs, relax. I, I try to go to sleep right away. It never happens though, because after I do this show, I have so much fun doing the show. I get so jacked up. I can't fall asleep. So I might be in bed at 10 PM, but I usually don't fall asleep till, till midnight. So assuming I fall asleep till mi- at midnight, then I wake up at 3:19 AM, get up, shower, come back and start the day again. So to make a, a easy question, complicated. (laughs) I basically sleep from noon to five and from midnight to 3.19 a.m. So I traditionally will get eight hours of sleep. doesn't always work that way. And it's never eight hours uh, continuous, which my doctor says is not very good. Uh, You you know, you try to get at least six hours sleep. I get at most five. I do catch up on sleep on the weekends. I try to sleep as much as I can on the weekends, which is good. But then Sunday nights are really tough to go to sleep because if I sleep till noon on Sunday, it's tough to go to bed early on a Sunday night. So my sleep schedule is whacked. Um, but that is uh, my off the most often asked question I get is is when do I sleep now? Do I live at the WSB studios? No, I do have a futon in my office. This this came in handy when I did ten to midnight. I would often crash there. Uh, I haven't used it in a while, but I live close to the station. So in the mornings, if I hit all the traffic lights right. I'm seven minutes door to door. So from my house to WSB radio and TV is seven minutes if I hit all the traffic lights. In the afternoons, of course, when I'm coming in at 6 p.m., it's rougher. It can be anywhere between 20 and 40 minutes. So it's a stark difference as far as the commute times coming in. But uh, those are two two actual questions. Um, all right, another question. This is from Philip. What do Johnny Kilbasa's cholesterol numbers look like? That's a very good question. So Johnny Kilbasa, who's done the fast food review for me, going way back to my weekend show, longtime friend of mine, and he's not just a fast food guy. I mean, that's his niche, but he's a he's a true foodie. Like, he loves to cook. He loves to eat out. He's, he's just a, a great guy. If you ever met Johnny Kilbasa, and very few of you have because he likes to, to stay anonymous, Johnny Kilbasa is a strong dude. He is a former athlete. Uh, just, he's like, I don't know. I say he's five foot eight, but like muscular, strong dude in shape. And as far as I know, his blood works fine. Um, you know, he eats a lot of fast food for the show, 
but he works out all the time. He lifts weights, does stuff that I never do. Uh, so I think health-wise, Johnny Kibasa is is in pretty good shape. But I'll I'll make a note of that to make sure that uh, he keeps himself healthy. Um, what are the uh, this is from Buck? Buck wants to know what are the backstories on some of the intros, mainly the ones that sound like old schoolhouse rock songs. All right, let me get a, kip, a sip of coffee here, Buck. So the song you heard there at seven thirty-five. That is uh, that is from back when I did the show ten to midnight. We had a listener call in from Alabama, and I think he was a little tipsy that night, and I didn't even know, recall what started it. I forgot what we were doing. Maybe it was some sort of a talent thing. I don't know. But this guy started singing this made-up song, and as soon as I heard him singing, I said, "Longoria, pull that. We're going to play that a lot." And it turns out we play it every night at seven thirty-five. The problem is we don't have the guy's contact info. And so many people, well, it's, it's 50-50. 50% of the people hate the song, 50% of the people that love the song. But the 50% that love it want to buy it. And I want to put it on iTunes so people could buy that song. But I'm afraid that without getting in contact with this guy and getting and cutting him in the deal, I might be in trouble. So if you're listening, sir, if, if, if you want to get, make money off of the 735 song, please email me. Mark.aram at WSBTV.com. I'll get you paid. I can't, uh, hundreds, thousands of people have said, I want to buy that 735 song. It's not on you on uh, iTunes. If we put it on iTunes, we'll get it there. Uh, the Schoolhouse Rock song. So you'll hear that on Thursday nights only. Again, I can't. I have no uh, memory whatsoever. But I know we, uh, we were talking about something about childhoods. I don't even remember what we were talking about. But this guy called in. And he said he could sing the school rock, uh, the schoolhouse rock song. So he did it, and we played every Thursday night now. And the funny thing is, he, uh, the listener that did it, is an Uber driver. And I've had friends that have been in the in a car with him, and he will he will turn up the radio on Thursday nights when the when the song comes on. And hey, this is me singing on the Mark Aram show, which is awesome. That he's uh, you know very proud that he is a, a full time member of the Mark Aram show. Actually, Mr. Uber guy, why don't you email me too? Because people like that song, your rendition of it. I don't know if we could sell it on iTunes because it's an actual song, but maybe we can. I don't know. But Uber guy, great singer, great schoolhouse rock rendition. Uh, email me if you can, mark.aram at wsbtv.com. All right, here's a question from Paul. Is Longoria really an Eskimo? And did Chuck really get diagnosed with low testosterone at one point? Inquiring minds want to know. All right, Longoria is not an Eskimo, as far as I know. We're waiting for the Ancestry.com results. Longoria is of Mexican heritage, and back pre-2016 election, I used to start the show by saying uh, Longoria, the stoic Eskimo, uh, the stoic Mexican on the other side of the takeout window, because he is indeed Mexican. Now, he's born in the country. He's born in, in Dallas. He's legit. He's fine. But after President Trump uh, got elected and seemed to be— um, you know, not as as friendly to possible illegal immigrants or Mexicans. We made the executive decision to start referring to uh, Longoria as an Eskimo, tongue in cheek, just to keep uh, ice away from Longoria. But he is not an Eskimo, as far as we know. We we are pretty sure he's Mexican. We're pretty sure he's here legally, and we're pretty sure he is awesome and an invaluable uh, contributor to the Mark Aram show. Literally, we couldn't do this show without him. He there's so many little sounders here on the Mark Aram show. That when people fill in for him, it's a struggle. It, we, we really have to run a bare bones uh, Mark Aram show when he's not here. 
uh, because he does. He is, there's so many things that he has to do during the show. So he is stoic. He is awesome. Uh, you can call him an Eskimo if you want. Uh, just uh, just don't call him late for dinner. He is my man, Lo, uh, Longoria. All right, Low T. Chuck did not get diagnosed with low testosterone back when the show first started. So I never really knew Longoria and Low T when I first started doing the show. Pete Spriggs, the aforementioned program director, said, uh, we're going to start you off with uh, with Charlie Thomas and Andrew Longoria. And I'm like, who the hell are these people? You know, it was my show. I wanted to hire my own people. He's like, this is the way it's got to be. So I get these two bananas Charlie Thomas and Andrew Longoria. And I'd seen Longoria around. He ran Neil Bortz's board for a little bit. Charlie Thomas, I knew, kind of worked with Erickson, but I didn't know him that well. And right in like the first week or so, well, the first time I met him, he was like, hey, uh, Pete introduced us. He's like, hey, uh, Mark, I'm Charlie Thomas. I'm like, I'm not calling you Charlie. I just, I can't call an adult Charlie. I I don't know. It just seems like a kid's name. I'm not going to call you that. And then like the first weekend of the show, uh, Chuck gave me some lip about something, and I just called him Low T Chuck because it's the opposite of of what he really is. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Low T, but he's like physically fit. He's muscular. He's in shape. He's the opposite of what radio guys are. So I went 180 degrees on on him. He obviously has plenty of testosterone. I called him Low T Chuck, and it is stuck. He's embraced it. He's good humored about it. And uh, listen, you get a nickname like that to stick, you will uh, never be forgotten. So that is where uh, the low T Chuck comes from. He is not suffering from low T as far as I know. But listening to the Mark Aram show, you think, I think we pulled in advertisers because we have a guy named low T because I don't know if you've noticed, Jay Black calls him below the belt commercials. We got a lot of below the belt commercials airing during the Mark Aram show. Listen, whoever wants to buy time on the Mark Aram show, I'm happy to have you. Frank Thomas and his gang, the supplements, whatever. Uh, But it's uh, not because uh, Chuck has low testosterone. Uh, that was just me goofing on him because I did not want to. Uh, I didn't want to call him Charlie. I don't know. Charlie seems like a kid's name. Uh, Deborah wants to know: Am I dating anyone? All right, there's a good question, Deborah. I currently am. I'm dating a lovely lady named Maya. Uh, we've been dating for about nine months right now. I've known her for a long time. We were friends for a long time. Um, I got divorced like three years ago and didn't really do much dating. It was you know my schedule isn't. Um, conducive to dating and we had the WSB uh Christmas party coming up last December and so in in November I was like hey uh because she's my friend I said my do you want to go to the WSB Christmas party with me I need a date and she's like yeah sure that'd be great and she just gotten out of relationship and we hung out a couple times before the Christmas party started dating then and then through Christmas and New Year's it really started picking up so we've been together just over nine months now so yes I'm happily dating uh, Maya, she is a school teacher. She's got her doctorate. She's very smart. She's very funny. She's very pretty. Um, uh, I'm a happy, lucky dude. So uh, thank you for that question, Deborah. Yes, I am currently dating someone, and uh, it's it's going well. It's going well. And she likes to listen to the show, but she's not listening right now because she's at the Dave Chappelle concert with me uh, watching Chappelle and Jon Stewart at the Tabernacle, which is why I am answering listener questions right now. It's a Q&A edition, a mailbag edition of the Mark Aram Show. Um, this is, uh, this, we'll do this quite often. I'm going to keep doing this because I like answering the questions from you, the listeners. Um, it's too late to get them in for tonight's show, but future shows or maybe tomorrow, or you just want me to answer them on social media, you can tweet your questions at me at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M, uh, Instagram at Mark Arum and Facebook Mark Arum WSB. All right. Hang tight. We'll be right back. More listener questions. The mailbag edition of the Mark Arum show.
All right, welcome back on a Tuesday night. Mark Aram with you answering listener questions on the mailbag edition of the Mark Aram Show. Again, I am at the uh, Tabernacle right now, hopefully laughing my tush off at Dave Chappelle and Jon Stewart. Uh, so this is a taped show. I taped it this morning, or I'm taping it this morning, and you're hearing it tonight, answering listener questions about the show, about me, about Low T, Longoria, Deb Green, what have you. Uh, so let's get to some more questions. Um, ba, 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 ba. Let's see. Oh, Julie wants to know, how did I do at the poker tournament this weekend? Poorly, Julie, poorly. Uh, it was up and down. I was playing the World Series of Poker circuit event, the main event at Cherokee, in, uh, Harris Cherokee, North Carolina. And um, I wasn't playing great, but I was managing to survive. And then I started building a good stack, and I was actually doing pretty well there was uh, 600 people that entered my day, and we were down to like 250 and over 75,000 chips, and I made one mistake. I, I played a hand passively instead of aggressively, and that cost me. And I wound up, uh, I had the ace-high flush, which normally is a pretty good hand, but unfortunately, the guy I was playing with had a full house, which beat me and took all my chips, and I was knocked out. Um, I had a good time, but I lost a lot of money this weekend. I didn't do well in anything. Blackjack was bad. Roulette was bad. The slots were okay, um, but not overall not a not a winning weekend for me. Um, I have done well at the World Series of Poker in Vegas. I've cashed twice there. In 2007, I came in 18th in an event, and then in 2017, I uh, cashed in the main event, the Big Daddy, uh, which was pretty cool. That was like a bucket list uh, event for me. And I didn't play this year in the main event because I went to Japan, but. I promise I will be back next year at the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas and, and try to try to do you proud, do the listeners proud, the Mark Aram Show listeners. All right, uh, more questions when we come back. News, weather, and traffic again on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Q&A section, the mailbag edition of the Mark Aram Show continues after these words. This is Zoe Saldana, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. No, I'll run this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Welcome back to the show and a good Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. It's 8.07, seven minutes after 8 o'clock. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Gang, not all here tonight. Well, I am not here because I am currently at the uh, Tabernacle watching Dave Chappelle and Jon Stewart. I'm taking this opportunity to do a mailbag edition of the Mark Aram Show. I asked listeners to submit their questions via email and social media, so I'm taking time now to answer them for you right on the air. Not too late if you want to get some questions in. I won't answer them on the air, but I can reply to you. You can email me, uh, mark.aram at wsbtv.com, or tweet them at me at Mark Aram, or post them on my Facebook page, Mark Aram WSB. All right, so let's get back to the questions. Uh, Frank wants to know, my favorite athlete of all time, well, it's tough. I'm a sports lover. I love sports. I'll tell you my favorite teams. Growing up, my dad was a Yankees fan, a Knicks fan, and a Giants fan. So those are my three favorite teams. I, of course, come to love the Atlanta teams as well, the Braves, the Hawks, and the Falcons. Uh, so they are my second favorite teams in the respective sports. Uh, my favorite athlete of all time. Gosh, that is a tough one. 
growing up, it was it was Ron Guidry, pitcher for the Yankees, and then Don Mattingly and Dave Winfield joined the Yankees, and I really loved them. And then uh, Tony Gwynn I fell in love with because he was a fat guy hitting 300. I loved that. And then I became a Braves fan, and Greg Maddox became my favorite Brave. So I, to pick one, man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess Don Mattingly because he was so important to me at a very, you know, in those formative years. He was like the first real superstar the Yankees had during during my lifetime. So probably him, but it, it's a too tough a call. Too t- That's a great question, though. Jeez Louise. I guess Don Mattingly. You put a gun to my head, I say Don Mattingly. And I got to interview him once in 1994 when I was covering spring training for the uh, – for the Yankees, and I was oh man, I was it was I was working for a newspaper in Connecticut. I was so nervous, so I, I met Whitey Ford, Yogi Berra, Phil Rizzuto. wasn't nervous, and then I interviewed uh, Don Mattingly, and I was super nervous, which makes no sense. All right, good question, Frank. Cindy wants to know how were my grades in school? Well, it depends what grades we're talking about, <laughs> Cindy. Um, elementary and middle school, I was awesome, straight A student, except for let me tell you this story. Um, in third grade, everyone that I knew got an Atari. That's when Atari was big. And every, I mean, every one of my friends had an Atari. I didn't have one. And my mom said, if you get all A's on your report card, I will buy you an Atari. So I was like, no problem. I'm a straight A student. Actually, we didn't get A's back in third grade. It was like E for excellent and then VG, G, whatever, P for poor. I don't remember what it was. But it was basically, uh, an E was an A. So I get my report card. I got all E's or all A's on English, math, science, history, everything. Handwriting, I got a VG. I got a very good. And my mom didn't buy me an Atari. I was in third grade. I'm still upset about that. That and that's why I blame my later my later failings in education on that one thing. That soured me. I had all A's except handwriting. What does handwriting matter? It wasn't like I got a poor handwriting. I got VG, very good. Anyway, so I was fine until sophomore year in, in high school. Sophomore year in high school, I I was like I was ranked like top fifteen in my class. You know, there I had a lot of smart kids in school, so top fifteen was really good. And then I just I just fell off the way. I got bored with school. Um, I I just I don't know. I started getting more into sports, baseball, and football. I was playing, and my grades suffered. And I wound up. Not being an A student, I wound up graduating like 74th in my class. College, my grades really, really tumbled. I was bad. Um, I had to stop playing baseball because my, my grades grade point average went below a 2.0. One semester, I got a .4 GPA, which is really tough to do. I got four Fs and an A in one semester. Four Fs and one A. The A was in Italian. And that was because the Italian teacher didn't take attendance. The only thing that mattered were your your test results on midterms and finals, and I aced them. The other classes took attendance, and I, I was just, man, I was just a lazy college kid. I, I was bored. I didn't learn anything. I majored in communications, which was dumb because I already knew how to write. I knew how to do all that stuff. I should have majored in history or English or, or uh, political science or something where I would actually learn something. So my grades were bad until— uh, my parents were like, all right, you're, we're done. You need to start paying your own way. That's when my grades went back up, when I started to pay for my classes because it's very expensive, I found out. And once I went, uh, I had to pay for my own classes, I went to class more. And I, I, you know, I wasn't a straight-A student my last couple of years, but 
certainly uh, you know over a 3.0. So it was a tale of of uh, two cities for my college career. Really bad at first, and then once I had to start paying for college, um, my grades went up. So how did I pay for college? Well, I worked full time at an Italian restaurant waiting tables. Loved the job. Loved the family that that owned the restaurant. The, I became part of the family there. I, I go up and see them every year. They're awesome, awesome people. And I was able to make a decent living. You know, I would I would make during a weeknight, uh, you know, seventy five to one hundred and fifty dollars. And the week a Saturday night, I could make three hundred dollars, which is huge money, especially if you're in college. And my rent was three hundred dollars a month, and I could knock that out in one Saturday night. So uh, I was able to pay for a lot of college there, and I, I signed up for like twelve credit cards. And, and paid for, you know, I got a huge, huge amount of uh, credit card debt paying for tuition at college. Thankfully, I was able to pay that off uh, fairly early into my career at WSB. Probably, I think, 2005, 2006, I was finally completely done with college debt. And I graduated in 1996. So, yeah, about 10 years to knock down that debt. Uh, what was the question? I forgot what that question was. Oh, how are my grades? Yes, Cindy, those are my grades. Um, let's see. Ryan wants to know how... Did Sanjay wind up on the show? Good question. So Sanjay, the asker of unanswerable questions, the guru, the soothsayer, the truth seeker, he joins us at his leisure on Thursday nights. How did I meet Sanjay? I met Sanjay playing poker. And it was just a friendly home game, and I had never met him before. And uh, he had me in tears. I was laughing as soon as I met the guy. Everything he said was funny. And we became fast friends after that. And then when I got the nightly show on WSB Radio, I said, well, he's so funny. I've got to do a segment with Sanjay and Sanjay at the poker table, always, always a lively guy. And he always used to ask, uh, would you rather be questions? And it would be, it would be interesting stuff. Like for example, he'd say, would you rather be Chipper Jones or governor Nathan deal? Like stuff like that. And we'd answer him. I was like, that's a great idea for the show. Um, so that's how it started. It would be, it was more of like a, who would you rather be kind of thing where he'd say, would you rather be, uh, Mariah Carey or Christina Aguilera? Like stuff like that. But it wasn't it wasn't as as funny on the radio, so we started morphing it into um, "Would you rather?" questions, which are more generic, like "Would you rather have three arms or three legs?" So so that's how it evolved there. But uh, yeah, that's how I met Sanjay playing poker. He's he's one of the funniest dudes I've ever met, and uh, he is now the official accountant of the Mark Aram Show. So uh, find him on uh, Facebook, Brass Tax Accounting. He is a good dude, smart as a whip, funny. And uh, he'll do a great job with your taxes. Um, David wants to know, most famous, most famous person I've ever interviewed. I probably should have thought about this question before I asked it on the air. Uh, that is a tough one. I guess it depends on who, what what your level, you know, are politicians more important to you than actors? Or are they more important than athletes? So I don't know. I'll let you decide. I'll tell you the most famous people I've in, uh, interviewed in certain genres, and then you can decide who the most famous one is. Um, actors, comedians, probably Steve Martin. I think he's Steve Martin or um, who did I just interview a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago even, um, Kevin Costner. Those are probably the two most famous actor slash, yeah, actor people that I've ever interviewed. Um, Steve Martin and um, Kevin Costner. Although to me, more famous was um, what's his name? I can't think of his name. I'll think of it a second. Old school comedian um, Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner was. He, I interviewed him for an hour. I'll play that again sometime. That was a really cool interview. So for me, that that was 
that was the tops. But I guess most famous as far as uh, actors are concerned, Steve Martin, Kevin Costner. Um, Sports-wise, man, pretty much every big brave except for Hank Aaron um, Chipper, Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Phil Necro. I mean, I've I've interviewed all the great Braves. I mentioned I've interviewed. Uh, well, I didn't really interview them on the radio. It was back in newspaper. But Whitey Ford, Yogi Berra, um, but I don't have any audio of that. Pete Rose, I interviewed years ago. That was a big one. Um, that was pretty cool. The all-time hit king. So those are in the sports. Um, outside of that, I think that's it. I think those those would be the highlights. I'll probably remember something, and I'll I'll tell you what I forgot tomorrow. But I'll go. Those are the most famous people. You decide who's the most famous. Carl Reiner, Steve Martin, Kevin Costner, and then Pete Rose and all the sports guys. Those are my most famous interviews. i got to put more time in to think of that. I'm, I know I'm forgetting some important people. Maybe Longoria can remind me. Um, what, Greg wants to know, why do some callers have sound effects? That's a really good question. So... We started doing that back when we did the 10 to Midnight show. So every time Russ from Gainesville calls in, you hear, Russ, come here a minute. I want to talk to you. That. Thank you, Longoria. And every time uh, Marco and Lilburn calls in, you hear this. We need more lemon pledge. And every time you hear, uh, what's his name in Athens? Play the play this out. I can't. Anyway, you hear this. Lord loves a working man. Don't trust Whitey. See a doctor and get rid of it. So they were regular calls in the 10 to Midnight show. You know, I had a lot of callers, but fewer than 7 to 9. And these guys were regular callers. And we just uh, decided that they deserved, because they were consistently calling in night after night, that they would uh, they they warranted their own sounders for their calls. So that's why you have those three sounders. Um, we, we need to do some more. But we got so many more calls 7 to 9. It's tough to get someone on consistently. But... I'm always thinking of new sounders for callers uh, in the 7 to 9 show. So if you can think of, of a caller that deserves one, let me know. The problem is uh, Marco can't call in very much anymore because we're on 7 to 9. Thankfully, Russ calls in consistently 7 to 9, one of, the, one of the, our favorite uh, callers here on the Mark Aram Show. All right, more uh, Q&A, the uh, mailback edition, uh, mailbox edition of the Mark Aram Show continues. Again, you can ask me questions on email, mark.aram at wsptv.com or on Twitter at Mark Aram. Hang tight. We'll be right back. It's the uh, Q&A edition of the Mark Aram Show. Welcome back. It's a Tuesday Eve. Mark Aram with you till 9 in the p.m. Answering listener questions submitted via V-mail, Twitter, or Facebook. Some great, great questions. Um, here's a good one. John wants to know my favorite co-workers of all time. I'm assuming at WSB, John, not at the bowling alley I worked at in high school. Um, favorite co-worker, well, number one uh, now and always will be Captain Herb Emery, obviously. He, uh, rest in peace, my mentor, my friend, I I literally owe everything I have to Captain Herb Emery because I was just some part-time schlub in the traffic center, and Captain Herb taught me everything, and he saw something in me. He saw that I had his work ethic. You know, I, I had no radio experience, but I, I worked my ass off. I was never late, and I never called in sick, and he appreciated that, and he knew that I I respected the job. I wanted to be uh, to make sure that the WSB traffic team was the best. 
and I, I put forth that effort. So Captain Herb Emery, uh, by far my favorite coworker at WSB. That being said, I've got a, a, a million people that are number two. I mean, I my currently I love working with Ashley Frasca in the morning. Of course, the bananas here, uh, Loti and Longoria are are super awesome to work with. They're great. They make this show what it is. Um, in the newsroom, Chris Camp and Veronica Waters are, are really dear friends of mine. I know I'm going to forget a billion people right now. Judd and Marcy in the morning, Scott Slade. I've been blessed to work with so many, so many amazing people. Doug Turnbull and Smiling Mark McKay, Alex Williams. Basically, everyone in the traffic team is phenomenal. Oh, that's a tough question, though. But, yeah, the answer is my favorite coworker of all time, Captain Herb. And that was just radio. I even mentioned my TV people, Jovita Moore, Fred Blankenship, Linda, and uh, Karen Mitten in the mornings. Love those people. They're they're truly family to me. Great question. I've I've been super blessed in my 21 years years here at WSB Radio and TV to have amazing coworkers. But to answer your question, Captain Herb Emery, my favorite coworker of all time, and he will continue to be so. All right, good questions. All right, we have some more, and I got some for Low T and Longoria. Uh, and Deb as well. So hang tight. News, weather, and traffic next. This is The Mark Aram Show. Hey, this is Louis Anderson, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. He packed in the animals two by two. Ox, camel, and a kangaroo. Packed him in that ox so tight. I couldn't get no sleep that night. Roll the sun, chip and ham. Tell me about God's master plan. Oh, my Welcome back to the Q&A edition of the Mark Aram Show continues here on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am currently having a ball at the Tabernacle watching Dave Chappelle and John Stewart. Uh, so we are uh, we pre-recorded this show. It's the Q&A, the mailbag, mailbag edition, mailbox edition, mailbag edition of the Mark Aram Show where you, the listener, get to ask us questions. So a couple of questions here, um, and I'm going to let Longoria and Loti answer these for you. How did Longoria and Loti wind up at WSB? Gentlemen, how did you wind up here? Hey, this is Loti, Chuck. Uh, you guys want to know how I got to WSB? It was because of Twitter. I started bugging Eric Erickson years ago uh, when he first got on radio, before he was even at WSB, to see if he needed a producer. And long story short, I met Pete Spriggs. I started pestering him on Twitter, email, phone calls, and finally got an opportunity to move down to Atlanta and got my foot in the door, and then I latched onto every radio host I could so they can't fire me now. So that's why I'm here. So you wanted to know how I got my start here at WSB. Well, um, when I was living in Texas, my wife had um, followed me around to a couple of radio stations, you know, back and forth to cities and that kind of stuff, and she got an opportunity um, in late 2011 uh, to come up here to Atlanta to actually work in a field that she went to school with, which is theatrical light design. Um, so she got a, an offer to come up here, and uh, it was a pretty good offer, and they were going to pay for us to move up here and all that kind of good stuff. And um, with me being in radio, I can pretty much go anywhere, any city. Um, so I kind of put some feelers out and um, got an opportunity to get a um, job interview here in Atlanta. And so I told her, let's go ahead and go. Uh, we'll sell the house 
and I'll figure it out when I get there. And that's pretty much what we did. Uh, my wife came up here for a couple of months. Um, I stayed back and sold the house. Once the house was sold, um, I pretty much had an interview set up and I came in, went for the interview, got the job and started working here at WSB. And then about a year or two later, they kind of uh, put us all together for Mark's show. And that's how we all started here. That question was from Betty, by the way. Uh, thank you for the answer there, guys. Uh, Sal wants to know how Deb got into radio. And maybe, Deb, you can uh, explain not only how you got into radio, but how you wind up uh, becoming the executive producer of the Mark Aram Show, which is obviously a, a, a huge career advancement. So, Deb, uh, how did that work out for you? I got into radio completely accidentally. My degree is in art, but I moved to Atlanta. I didn't know anybody. I did not have any job prospects, and I saw this ad for an alternative radio station, and the headline was free concerts, so I was in, and I'm a legit big music nerd, so it all ended up working out there. As for WSB, I technically work full-time on our sister station, 97 Won the River, but before that, I produced a bunch of morning radio shows on the alternative radio station, and I was talking to our program director, Pete, probably about football or cheese, I don't remember, but he mentioned the Mark Aram show needed somebody to help out, and I thought, you mean the traffic dude? Uh, but he sent me this way, and you guys have humored me now for the past couple months. I will say you're all tough shells to crack, but it's a lot of fun, so thank you. All right, thank you, Deborah Green, executive producer of The Mark Aram Show. Uh, let's see, more questions uh, from the listeners. Betty wants to know what kind of car I drive. Interesting question. You know, I was once asked that at a bar in Buckhead. This girl, I came up to this girl, hey, can I buy you a drink? Yeah, yeah. She says, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> I said, well... You're never going to know. If a girl, if that's the first question a girl asks you, then th- that's not a good girl. But I'm going to cut you some slack, Betty, because I don't think you are uh, wanting to know because you want to date me. Um, I have a, I bought a, a Jaguar, a used Jaguar, uh, a year ago. I drive that. I also have a 97 Jeep Cherokee Sport um, that uh, actually I need to get a new battery on. But uh, those are the two vehicles that I drive. So... Interesting question there. Um, let's see. Mich- uh, Michaela, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Michaela, your best moment at WSB. I'm assuming you mean on the air. My best on the air moment at WSB. That's a good question. Um, I'll tell you the most memorable. I don't. This is not the best, but the most memorable was absolutely September 11, 2001. It was, I was still, I wasn't doing TV full time. I was in the traffic center. And uh, when we get word that a uh, plane hit the, uh, the the trade center, the World Trade Center, and we thought it was just a minor, uh, a small plane, you know, a small plane crash, and we're covering it as 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 you know, kind of breaking news. It was an interesting story, and then we see the second plane hit, and we knew right then it was it was terrorism, and that was the only time I've ever just left the traffic center. I said, all right, traffic's not important anymore. This is a big breaking news story. All hands are on deck. So I ran into the newsroom, see what I could do. Scott Slade was on the air. I was I was helping him get information from uh, newspapers around the world, how they were covering it, any new info. And I begged and pleaded with my boss to send me to New York because, you know, I had lived there not that long ago. I had just moved down five years ago, still had friends and family up there. I wanted to cover that story, and um, there were no flights going out. And he said, no, you're going to stay here. And they eventually sent Richard Sangster up, a uh, great WSB radio reporter. He caught a flight on a Red Cross plane up to New York City. So he wound up. But but the day that it happened and the days after, uh, the most memorable time at WSB radio by far. So 
Uh, that's not I don't that's not my best moment. That's the most memorable moment. Let me think of what my best moment might be. Um, I, I I know I'm not. I, I like doing uh, news coverage, and I do a lot. I used to do a lot of the political coverage because I I would do it straight up as a news person, where I'm not giving opinions. You know, if Eric Erickson does primary coverage, you know what he what his opinion is. If uh, Eric von Hessler is covering politics, you know what his opinion is. I used to cover the political scene just basically as Jamie Dupree. You know, I'm just giving you the facts. And it's always cool. This happened to me twice. I've been on the air when we've elected two presidents, and both were – I treasure those moments. So those are my best moments. The first was when Barack Obama was first elected in 2008. I brought that news live on WSB Radio for the first time. I was the one that announced that Barack Obama was the next president of the United States, was the 44th president. That was a huge moment for me in this on this legendary station – you know, we've covered Pearl Harbor and we've covered uh, just amazing news. And I was the voice that that confirmed that Barack Obama was president. And then in 2016, I got to do the same thing with Donald Trump. So I was the voice that you heard on WSB radio that let you know that Donald Trump was president. So that's it. Those are my two best moments being on the air, being the voice on this massive historic radio station, WSB radio on AM 750 and 95.5, I was able to announce who the new president was. Those, by far, are my best moments. So there you go. That's a great question. That's a great question to go out on. All right, we'll come back. I'll finish things up. This has been fun. Again, if you have more questions, you can email me, mark.aram at wsbtv.com or tweet at me at Mark Aram. My Instagram page is uh, at Mark Aram, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. This is the mailbag edition of The Mark Aram Show. This Tuesday Eve, again, thank you for all the questions. Hopefully we gave you some good answers uh, to the questions you have submitted to the Mark Aram Show staff. We'll do this again soon. This was this was very cool, and I'm glad I was able to give you a fresh two hours to listen to while I was out goofing around at a comedy show. Uh, Dave Chappelle is one of my favorite comedians of all time. I've never seen Jon Stewart in person, so I'll have a full uh, recap and review of tonight's concert tomorrow night on the show. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, maybe we'll squeeze Johnny Kielbasa in because we had to blow him off today because of the, the taped nature of the program. Uh, but great listener questions, and uh, thanks to uh, Deb Green, executive producer of The Mark Aram Show, uh, Loti Chuck, and Longoria for uh, helping me put together tonight's show, making sure all the bells and whistles were there. Uh, it was good stuff. Good stuff indeed. All right, uh, Nikki Glazer, by the way, speaking of comedians, she's going to be on the show on Friday night. One of the fastest rising comedians in the world. She's at the punchline this weekend. You must go see her. She is, I mean, seriously, the next rising star. Nikki Glazer should be on the show on Friday. She'll be at the punchline this weekend. You can get tickets at punchline.com. Tomorrow on the show, I don't know what we're going to do. I'll recap the the concert and uh, we'll have some other fun stuff. That I guarantee you. No matter what, if you listen to the Mark Aram show, you're going to laugh at least once. That's my goal. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, I just want to entertain you for two hours and uh, help you think about less important things in life and just enjoy yourself for a couple of hours. That being said, star of the show, Longoria. And now, are you guys ready for the Mark Aram star of the show?
Uh, the listeners. The listeners get star of the show because they submitted all the questions. They did all the heavy lifting. I just answered your questions uh, tonight on the program. So all of the listeners that submitted questions are star of the show. All right. Uh, we'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. On Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. Uh, in the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the All Suite Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network, and it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.